Hi, I'm Moni, and welcome to Mixing with Moni, where each week I will try to rival your most opinionated friend who swears she's always right. I'll be mixing a few worlds together to give a POC perspective on everything POCs and the opposites are often equally shocked that I'm into, from music, politics, to hot topics, and lots of TV, and even the things that I think make it really difficult to be a young adult in today's world. I'll be covering it all, and I want you to do it with me. So, let's mix it up. Okay, so each week I will be playing a song that I'm currently really into that may be new to the few of you listening, to a lot of you. I hope that song was not new. Sucker by Jonas Brothers. It's epic. It's a very big song. Very, very big deal. If you don't know it, that's what I'm here for. Mix things up, bring things to your world that you may not have heard before. If you do know it, we are meant to be friends. This song, it is so good because it is so grown up. Like it is Jonas Brothers, everything we love about them. And if you are in the 20s range, then Jonas Brothers is like your thing. Like maybe not your thing if you weren't into them. Let me not be general, but it should have been because the Jonas Brothers were a big deal. Okay. In my childhood, Jonas Brothers, Disney Channel, that is the epitome of Disney Channel. I don't care what anyone says. No one recognizes Disney Channel anymore who is a part of like what I consider an era of kids who were raised by Disney Channel, which I really believe was my generation. So not quite millennial, closer to centennial, but like later like in that 90 late 90s, mid to late 90s kids. Like we grew up with Hannah Montana and Jonas Brothers and That's So Raven, which is the best show ever created next to The Proud Family, which is the second best show ever created. Maybe tied. I don't know. But we grew up around them and the Jonas Brothers were a big deal at that time. Then we all remember their purity rings and (laughs) how long that lasted. Um, But in general, love this song because Jonas Brothers coming back, all being in love and being grown and it being a pop sexy song but like still really cool them and like you would kind of play it on radio disney if if that's even still a thing i don't know but definitely worth all the success that it's gotten um all of them being in love is so so epic we'll be getting into one of them getting married this past weekend in the hot politops section the hot topic session of that um and some other Songs that I'm interested in, we're going to mix up some genres a little bit simply because I, it's epic to me that Chris Brown just released an album and it is good. It is really, really good to me. 
to a lot of people, apparently, it is not good. And I'm shocked. I'm not going to lie. To me, it sounds so quintessential Chris Brown that it doesn't make sense that people wouldn't like it if they're fans of Chris Brown. Maybe they think it's all been done before, but I could tell you something else. I would much prefer him seeing regular, good, old-fashioned Chris Brown than that I can count on, right? Than constantly listening to the same auto-tune mumble rap over a really great beat and then not admitting the fact that we are literally only listening to this song for the beat. And Chris Brown has both beat and lyric. Like, seriously, just listen. I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. I mean, obviously, I don't own the rights to this song, so I can't play much more. I'm not entirely sure if I can get sued for this. But I just wanted you to get a little taste of this particular song, Indigo, off the album. It is the titular track. I love that word, titular. Um, It's the title track, um, Indigo is also the name of the album and it's also the name of the first song on the album and I think it is fantastic I really do some other great ones on there his song with her h-e-r that is the woman's name the young woman's name for people who do not know her um and he has some great songs with Nikki so some popular fan faves um I really really like his song heat with Gunna Um, who is a rapper, very good, big in the mumble rap field. I just particularly happen to enjoy mumble rap, but I appreciate it for what it is. It's mumbling. It's a fad. It'll die. But I am here to enjoy, you know, shake a little something right now for while it's going on. Right? All right. So those are my two songs for this week. I'm thinking that in like a month or so, because of how much I'm hating being an adult these days, I'm probably going to do like a throwback each week for like a month um, of songs from like young days. So like middle school for me. So depending on range. So we're talking like 26, 2006, 2007, middle school pop rap when those worlds used to collide a lot. Um, and you had like Black Eyed Peas and then you had like Chris Brown, but then like Nelly Furtado. Whoa, throwback to Nelly Furtado. I'm sure she is so big where she is from. I think it's like Brazil and she's probably still doing her thing there. But where is she? Can we get her back? Can we call Timbaland, DM him? And since Empire is over and he's not working on Empire anymore, can we just call him in and get him to like re-release some Nelly Furtado oh and Justin Timberlake songs wow together 
throwback to when Justin Timberlake and Timbaland were like constantly releasing music. Huh, that is crazy. AO Technology with 50 Cent, wow. Good day. See, this is why I need to do a month of music, just one or two, maybe three songs from back in the day, the early 2000s to like right before 2010. Really good, fun music that doesn't get played anymore. And then maybe like some songs from like the Disney Channel world. I don't know. We'll see if that works. Someone can DM me if you follow me. You can DM me and let me know if that's even a good idea or if you would listen to that. But I was listening to a podcast the other day and one of the moms had her daughter on there and mentioned Allie and AJ and the girl was like, who? And I was like, okay. Um, I was never supposed to be old. It doesn't even feel right to be old. Maybe I'll add this to the whole complaints of a 23-year-old section at the end. But at 23, I should not feel out of touch. Like I have no idea where I'm supposed to be standing in life. These songs and shows that I remember so vividly as part of my childhood, some kids today have never even heard of. And I think that is absurd. I think absurd will be the word this week since abysmal was the word last week, but absurd it is. And that's the tea. So I'm going to take a quick break, um, mainly because I want to make sure that I can divide up segments so people can like fast forward through them or find like little chimes or something and know exactly where they want to come in at. And coming up next will be hot politops where I mix politics and hot topics from this past weekend and what's going on right now and try to break it down in a very fun, shady, laugh to keep from crying way. All right. All right. So I'm back with hot polytops. Came up with that on my own. I think it's really great. Also probably super corny, but basically I want to mix it up a tiny bit of politics and a lot more of hot topics so like that'd be like a sprinkle of cinnamon like a dash of salt of politics and then like the rest hot topics because that is how I'm feeling these days so yeah like kind of like a middle schooler who drinks coffee where it's all like milk and then like a splash of coffee for color that's how I used to do it back in the day now I pretty much could just take it in an IV Um, Not that that's healthy and I'm not promoting that, but also if it's available, somebody let me know. Um, So let's get into a couple of politics, not very many because I'm tired (laughs) already and it's I'm recording this. It's only Monday. So the Democratic debates two nights last week, Wednesday and Thursday. Whew. Okay. Um. It was fun. It was a really good time. I love watching older white people fight each other. It's largely why I'm so into Bravo and the housewives, especially when like old white men like get into their feelings and like start turning colors. Um, First night was Wednesday. Not a lot of the fan faves. Most of the people who you do not even probably know. But I'll tell you one that you probably should. Not because I'm personally like endorsing or anything. Um, Julian Castro was like apparently like a crowd favorite and a front runner from the first night debates. No one had really ever heard of him. And he really strategically 
like showed the world who he was without coming in hot, attacking other people. He kind of just did exactly what you should do at a debate. You answer the question as best you can, which no one did. I'll save you all the recap. No one answered the question pretty much. And Julian answered as best he can, but he also tried to do a good job of introducing himself to people who most likely had never heard of him. And he wasn't so big for his britches that he thought he would like be so well known. So I commend him for that. That was cool. Um, he did really well. Like a lot of people said that he did really, really well. His Googling, which is a big deal for candidates when really it's just that you landed on Wikipedia just to figure out who are you. His Googling went up like hundreds of a percentage. And so that's good. Good for him. Losers of the debate, my opinion, also most people's Pete Buttigieg. He's really just crashing and burning. It's bad. It's bad. He was doing so well. He was like polling so low, like what, zero, three percent a month ago or two months ago. Goes on like The View and does his talk show circuit and goes up. He is the millennial mayor from Indiana. Um, He is like in his 30s and I believe he is also gay. So he's like the gay millennial mayor who also believes that if you are Christian, you should do whatever you want. We should operate in love, not hate. Like he is a very, very popular candidate for a lot of people, mainly because he checks a lot of boxes. So we got Christian, gay, millennial. Um, so he'll get the millennials to vote because they didn't last time. So we need them. Um, veteran. Uh, so he, he's doing a lot of things and he's checking a lot of boxes. It also seems he's kind of busy. Like he seems to be a little bit busy and maybe he should just chill because he also had a town hall last week where in his home court of Indiana, South Bend to be specific. And it involved an officer involved shooting with a older black man, like in his fifties. He had a town hall. He addresses the public. They address him. It doesn't go so well at some point. Like one of the women is like, if you're asking us for votes or something like that, you need to like, basically, basically you need to be here. You need to do your job. Like you're asking us to vote for you for president, but we also voted for you for mayor. And we really want you to do like a mayoral thing. Is that a word? We'll make it one. A mayoral thing. I could just be saying it wrong. And he was like, well, you don't have to vote for me. And I was like, Ugh. or he was like, I'm not asking for your votes. And I was still like, Ugh. you are actually, if you're running for president, the, it is the, the precipice of running for president is asking for people's votes. That is literally the definition of what an election is, is campaigning for votes. And it would be really, really, really sucky if the people of your own state, not even state, city, area, don't vote for you. (laughs) Like that would not be a good representation. Just saying. Not that I think that he's going to like get the nomination or whatever. To be honest, I have no clue. I'm pretty sure Joe Biden is still going to get it regardless, even though his performance at the debate was hilariously sad. Like... It's sad because he just looked so unprepared and bewildered and it just seemed like he went into this thinking that he was just going to make nice and play nice with all the candidates and he did not think that he was going to have to like go in hot when all the other, I mean, all those people on that stage were coming in hot. 
not just Kamala Harris, which I'm sure went viral when she talked about him and the busing um, back in her day. So integrating schools, basically, and th- that wave of t- of a time where he passed some things when he was a senator that did not has apparently not gone over well with a lot of people. Kamala called him out on it. However, not to be messy because it's really important. Kamala, girl, we need to look into your prosecution past. I've been saying this for a long time, and I think that the main reason why I'm stressed when trying to get behind you, because I have no idea what's going on in politics anymore. It's all just a hot mess. I'm pretty much, I'm going to vote for someone because voting is important. Everyone register to vote. Go vote. Your vote matters. Don't split the vote. Either commit or don't commit or I'm coming after you, honestly. That's not a threat. I don't want to get in trouble. But like, do something with your voice. Don't just be a body, be a part of the society if you want to see it change. That's my little two cents. But Kamala, girl, the whole prosecution past, like your your past as a prosecutor and the things that you like got done and the things that you like passed in like Senate and just in just Senator. Yeah, she's a Senator in California. Have some questions, lots of concerns when we get at the end of the debates, because there are three epic rounds and three rounds. I don't know if there's going to be three of two-parters they had to divide the first round because there's 10 and 10 because there are 22 candidates running and only 20 qualified for the debates which basically means they have like a hundred thousand or a thousand something of a thousand with a one not a whole bunch but signatures to run and then like they poll very 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 low above zero percent basically because marianne will williamson the author is up there and she was fun it's funny because she pulled really well with centennials like young people liked her like basically fresh out of college or in college they liked her and thought that she made sense when a lot of things she brought up but a lot of older people especially conservatives which i think actually matters because we're going to they're the Democratic Party is going to need more conservative votes that the last election got than ever. And I believe that is also why Joe Biden will still get the nomination regardless, because he is more of a centralist, not so much as of a leftist. He will take a lot of votes from veterans and active duties because he had um, a son who I have to believe has now passed away and he is a, um, he was widowed and he had a son who died. I don't believe in the military, but he was in active duty military. And so whenever, like, if you can't be a veteran to a lot of veterans and to a lot of people who serve the next best thing is that you empathize with the people in their lives that they are leaving to serve. So parents, spouses, kids, all that. And Joe and his wife are really active about like the whole veteran experience because they had a son. So they understand like, who was in, you know, uh, the military. So they understand like the mismatch communication schedules and like when to see them, never know when they're coming home or like their schedules are weird and worrying about their safety, worrying about their decision to even enlist. So they get that part. So he'll get a lot of, you know, attention from veteran agencies and um, stuff like that. And I think he'll actually have a lot that he would want to do with that. So that is for them. And then also he's really like big into like 
Um, he's very empathetic. People often get on him about the whole touching thing. Like he is a really close talker and a very close toucher. Like like the touch. No one's ever accused him of any type of like inappropriate touching. Just that it was maybe un not unwelcomed, but unwarranted. Like did not ask for it. So there's that. But he also does well with like minors and middle American people, working class people, where he really stands up for the idea of like a job as a job. And if you have a job, no matter the level, entry level, farmer, working class, minors, any type of job, you should be able to provide for your family. And that is his like thing vote that he lacked a little bit in or decided to tackle head on was the black vote POC people of color he made the intelligent decision to not tack on what he assumed would be the Obama vote because he was his vice president he didn't assume he would get the same votes from the Obama administration transcended onto his Smart move. Some would argue that Hillary Clinton thought that she would get Obama's votes and she definitively lost a lot of um, sections in in the country that Obama won. And that is not good. So Joe kind of tackled that head on. And in his announcement speech, he addressed Charlottesville riots and racism in America and all the right things said all the right words was always the front runner front runner pulled high next to like Bernie and Buttigieg, Pete, the millennial gay mayor. And then got to the debates and poor Joe, going to wrap this up, but poor Joe just looked so bewildered when young man after old woman after black woman Kamala after white man Pete like after a oh, white man um Bernie after all these men and Bernie's turning purple yelling at Joe and yelling at the screen yelling at me yelling at you that man has the hardest working heart in all of American politics I promise like he is always so on and he just never loses energy like at his age you go like proof that we can all live to be at life starts at 50 if you ask my mom so this is a very good sign. We are in for a very long life. We just take care of ourselves and just get riled up like Bernie. Um, they all are coming after Joe, left, right, and center. And Joe's face, like when they split screen, his face and Kamala yelling at him. And the man just is not capable of saying, I'm sorry. He's not capable of taking responsibility. And that's this honest to goodness. It's literally like whoever, your grandpa at the moment. Or if you are over like the age of like 30, your father, that's literally what it is. It's like you tell them what's wrong with them and they're just like, and they get frustrated and like, well, but, but what about, no, but they're not always capable unless you have a gem of a father, in which case hug them because that's great. They're not always capable of admitting their wrongdoings and oh, boy, does it show <laughs> with Joe. Oh, Joe. Um, he had a really rough night, but, um, I don't think it's going to hurt him much. I do wish to see what the next round will hold. Hopefully they start getting rid of people. Cause I'm tired. I'm tired of listening for two hours, for two nights in a row, b- that many people talking that I know for a fact are not even a contender to get the nomination. So why are we listening to them? 
Why are they on my screen? Why are we letting them talk for more than three minutes? It doesn't make sense. Let them tweet like the, the president now does. Let them go home and tweet about what should happen. And maybe they'll win it next time. That's pretty much what happened the first time, you know? So maybe that should happen. That's it for politics. I skipped a lot of stuff, summarized a lot of stuff. I really just wanted to get straight to hot topics, topics that are going on in the world. Way more exciting because politics stress me out, but I do love talking about it. So if you would like to hear more of it, let me know. We are beginning. I love the audience that I have so far, but we are new, guys. This could be whatever we wanted to make it. And if it becomes huge, we'll all be contributors. I'll treat everybody to Starbucks, all 65 of you that listened the first time. So let's let me know what it is that you would like to hear from this, because I really do love talking about politics. So if it needs to be like a bonus app every week or like, you know, a longer segment or a transition, you know, better, let me know because we can do it. It's whatever we wanted to make, you know, mix it up. So transitioning into politics, I mean, to hot topics. Topic one. So Taylor Swift lost her music. (laughs) Sigh. She didn't really lose her music. We all know where it is. Not on Spotify. Just kidding. She added it back. Not on Apple Music. Just kidding. She added it back. Oh, she's so petty with who can listen to her music and where. Um, Her masters, though, like the masters, so the rights of her songs, she lost to none other than Justin Bieber's manager, Scooter Braun who bought them. I did not read a lot of this story because I will admit I'm not a Swifty. Please someone change my mind. I like her songs. It's just when she talks, when she talks, when she writes letters to Spotify or takes things down or writes letters and tweets and articles about, you know, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, who are not my favorite people at the moment. But I mean, I did stand for Kim that day when she recorded her and released it and was like, girl, you knew about this song. The song that was on an album that flopped anyway. But Taylor is just, she can be so like stressful and we watch her just lose friend after friend and relationship after relationship. Not that that's wrong. That's pretty much my life now. Well, no, not relationships wise, but friends, you know, they come and go and everybody's there forever, but we watched her have a girl squad then like it dismantles and who's in it, who's not in it. I don't know. Who does she fall out with? She just seems like such a mean girl. Like Gigi Hadid, supermodel and previous current best friend of Taylor Swift. If you don't know who that is, also, daughter of a former Royal Housewife of Beverly Hills, Yolanda Hadid, and also a supermodel. And daughter of one of the, like, the richest real estate developers ever, Muhammad. So, fun facts about her. She basically blew up on the modeling scene from Housewives. <laughs> Bravo should get a check. She's welcome. Um, and, I mean, she was doing some things before, but that's pretty much what happened. And she has this party. It's like an all-denim party or something. And Taylor Swift shows up and, like white dress instead of denim she's the only one that does it lots of celebrities are there but and everyone else is wearing denim but taylor so like she just is really stressful whenever she like like exists like if she just made music and went away i might feel better but her swifties they love her so i'm not mad at it we're all a part of some stand club unless you're like anti-standing celebrities then you're a part of the anti-stand celebrity club so we're all a part of something girl calm down um, which was like one of her songs. You need to calm down. But d- she is a 
insufferable sometimes. But it is sad yet funny that she lost the masters and the rights to the last her first six albums. I did not know Taylor made that many albums. I I really didn't. I remember the first two or three being like the country ones, even though she's from like Pennsylvania, but like moved to Nashville to pursue country. But I remember liking those a lot, almost more than her career now. So I'm not mad at it. Um, Scooter Braun bought the Masters. Apparently there's some discrepancies on if Taylor could get them back. Um, should, how, this is the worst case scenario. She was bullied. Oh, she's good at that word. She was bullied by Scooter and his wife stepped in and was like, uh, no girl, you did not get bullied by my husband. We gave you a chance and you didn't take it because you did not believe in yourself. Is almost an exact quote because she definitely did say you didn't believe in yourself when you had the opportunity to buy these masters. You passed it up and they ran about her dad apparently too. I have no idea what's real or what's fake. It'll continue to, to unfold. I could really care less about this, but it is also, it's, it's big news. She makes a lot of really popular music. So not owning it is gotta be devastating. Like I actually kind of feel bad for her. Not really. She's rich. She's fine. Um, Moving on to some other people that I don't feel bad for, (laughs) the Kardashians. And I know so many of you are groaning and sighing and a lot of people that support me that um, are probably trying to fast forward right now don't because I'm crying over the fact that six months later, after we've already watched this fan out in the news and in the media, we're still here. We're still here. We're back here watching Chloe react and some dynamics, some, some things aren't adding up because apparently the episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians featured how Jordan Woods, Kylie Jenner's former best friend, the only free black woman or black person in the group now, um, cause all the other ones I need, I need someone to make, just blink twice and let me know you're okay. I'm looking at you, Malika. I'm looking at you. Kanye. Oh, I'm really looking at you, Kanye. Um, all of them have like one like token friend of the color or something that they share, rotate. Jordan was was Kylie's, but that family is so close. So she was also kind of friends with the sisters. But do not be confused. Jordan was is like 21. So she's not a contemporary of these women. She's basically a little sister of these women. And that is what makes it so interesting because so many people rallied behind Jordan Woods. And I will say, I'm going to throw it out there. It was a cultural divide. It was a racial divide. I mean, unless you were just downright diehard Kardashians, it's not hard to understand why people would be team Jordan Woods. And I don't think it sh- that should be cultural. I don't think it really should be teams just dismantle this relationship and move on. But Chloe, sweetie, your man wasn't living in your house. Tristan was living in a separate home. Tristan is a baby's father of two people, one of which... He had the baby while with you. So the whole your family was like dismantled thing. Your family was destroyed and wrecked. Please miss me with those tears because so was some other girls. Just saying. His former baby mama or current baby mama, a former girlfriend. Her family too was destroyed by you. So there's that. I don't care about your timing, but it happened. You got what a man when he was having a baby on the way. So don't give us the sob story that Jordan did this because A, she is young. 
Not that that excuses bad behavior because I probably would not have done that and I'm about the same age. But at the same time, she's young. She was drinking. Alcohol was involved. But she is not the person with the responsibilities and the most at stake. She does not have a family with you. Also, you were older than both Jordan and Tristan. So it's just ridiculous that you're going to blame this on this woman. But I found it interesting in the clips because I will not watch the show. I cannot give them any more ratings. I tried. I watched for a lot of years out of loyalty, fell off, disgusted, fell back in right around when Kylie got those whole like lip glosses because they're they're good. Her makeup line is pretty good. Um, And then fell back out again because I just couldn't do it. Like they're insufferable. They're not the same anymore. So she, I see clips of her, them talking to Kamorali Simmons, baby fat, empire-esque. Can we call it an empire? Can we call baby fat an empire? Yes. Yeah, sure. We can. I would say more so fat farm is the empire. Her husband, her ex-husband, Russell, maybe. But baby fat, yes, it was an era. It was a time. It was a look. Not anymore, even though they've just brought her back for Forever 21, which I think is also, I would have, I am suing E if I'm Kimora at this point, because the girls are FaceTiming Kimora Lee Simmons randomly. Where did that friendship come from? And apparently she instructs these girls to bully Jordan Woods on the internet or something like to take her down, change the tone. We're not letting it slide. Chris Jenner, apparently always forever after the bag was like, I am going to just, let's just all act na- responsibly and rationally. And I'm going to try to fix this. And she apparently was like a, approached by Jada Pinkett Smith for the red table talk, her show on Facebook watch, which is amazing where she interviewed Jordan Woods, like right after the scandal, hot off the presses and decided to like be cordial with her. And I bet, I guess that that pissed Chloe off and was like, you need to be harsher or whatever and not, you know, be hard on Jada, which I wish she would have. I wish Kris Jenner would have told Jada Pinkett to like kick rocks. I really want to see what e-money, like reality TV fake money turns into when you piss off a family like Jada and Will and the Hollywood royalty that they are, which is how we found out from the Red Table Talk that Jordan Woods apparently is also Hollywood royalty. Okay, maybe not royalty, maybe like akin, like royalty adjacent, like parallel to Hollywood royalty, Um, having known the the Smiths for so long. And apparently Kimora tells these women to no longer follow Chris's advice or like to not calm down and to go after Jordan full force go after her. And I'm like, okay, are we sure? Like, I'm trying not to do dead air, but like, I wish you could just see my eyes are shifting. Like, is it a good idea that we grown women all over the age of 30 ish or approaching 30 Chloe? Is it a good idea that we all bully a 21 year old girl who is the same age as our younger sister? And if anyone in our age range did it to our younger sister, Kylie, we would be on Twitter being fake Twitter gangsters about that. It's a good idea, Kamara, to encourage this when your daughter is the same age as Jordan Woods. And if someone did this to your daughter, 
you would be like someone I saw someone tweeted um Komoro got these girls thinking they from Crenshaw over Calabasas <laughs> which is pretty much what happened because it was a whole like of F you hoes and um these bitches can't sleep with our men. They can't steal our men, which is rich because Chloe has to get on Instagram and defend her not stealing multiple men from multiple women uh, at least once a month, at least once a month. I mean, Trina, the rapper, the baddest B. We love her on our side. If you have never heard of her listening to this, Trina is a very great rapper from Miami, Florida. She is a queen. She is one of the best rappers ever. Also is on a song with Nicki Minaj. And that is a big moment in and of itself. That's pretty recent. But she has a great catalog of music. And she was dating both French Montana and James Harden, which Chloe also dated relatively soon after Trina and said man broke up. Interesting, right? Also, Kylie allegedly took Travis from Justine Sky, which I did think I knew. Didn't know which man it was, but I know that they fell out because they were best friends and they fell out over a man and some things and the way things were handled, which understood. Um, And then also someone Lauren London was dating probably before Nipsey, most likely before Nipsey Hussle. Rest in peace. Um, And then, uh, oh, yes. Black China. Who could forget? Most people learned of Black China when she decided to get revenge on Kylie taking her man, her baby's father, and breaking up their family. That would be Tyga. Sound familiar, Chloe? Yeah, that happened. And Black China got revenge. Jordan just went on a talk show. Black China had a whole revenge baby. I love Dream. She's the sweetest. I do not condone babies like being used as like poker chips or collateral and you know petty adult drama but dream is a blessing from the whole situation because she's adorable hands down one of the cutest babies i've ever seen in my life but that being said chloe these whole this whole like rap you're putting on about how women can't sleep with your men and soon mom that's what she says to chris soon mom they'll be sleeping with your man don't nobody want Corey, chris's man chris don't even want Corey. you know who wants Corey? other Corys out there that is not gay shaming I just need Corey to live in his truth I just need him to live in his truth and because I will respect you more for simply just wanting to be with Chris for the money I get it I would I'm not gonna lie I I would I would do it I'll take Jordan Woods' spot absolutely I absolutely will take Jordan Woods' spot but Chris don't even want that man Corey for whatever reason whatever they have works she you know still uptight as always but Jordan and, and all of the above hoes that they are speaking of even though I don't think Jordan was is a hoe I think that word is used way too derogatorily um you need to take the Issa Rae approach and call you know just get a rotation going and you know live your life to the fullest but no one wants Corey so Chloe that's not it no one really wants your man either I fully believe that something more took place than Jordan just kissing Tristan but I also fully don't care I feel as if if it happened, it happened. He was it was up to him to stop it. And I think it's just unreasonable that everyone treated her so poorly. And I think it's ridiculous that Kamora Lee Simmons, a grown woman, I mean, what is she like? Over forty? Like telling these girls to bully a young girl or encouraging it, being okay with it. Why are you even here? Like, don't you 
But didn't Baby Fat like just start up again? Like, and now people are going to go after your daughters. And I think that was a really poor choice. I think it was poor to even let them film this because it just seems ridiculous to watch all these women, you know, talk so badly about this young girl. And all this girl did was go on a talk show on Facebook. A very popular talk show, but a talk show. She just explained her side of the story and we're watching you bully her. And that just seems weird. The dynamic of that seems off. So I just think that's ridiculous. And um, yeah, that is pretty much it for Hot Topics. Oh, also a lot of people got married this weekend. Some Bravo, well, Bravo people. I will be covering that in the TV segment and the Bravo segment. But um, also Zoe Kravitz, the daughter of Lisa Bonet and Zinni Kravitz. If you do not know who these people are, what is wrong with you? But Lenny Kravitz, very, very popular rock star, very, very talented musician. My mom would be furious if I didn't know that and didn't tell you that. But also, if you're younger and still don't know his music or anything, he was Senna, I think his name was, on The Hunger Games. He was the stylist and that got killed when Katniss was like going up that tube like to the games or something um, or got taken killed taken it's been a while um but he was in the hunger games he is the stylist who was really cool and eclectic and we love him and zoe kravitz is the daughter of also lisa bonet who (sighs) the rabbit hole of this is so exhausting because i have no idea where people stand in their cultural knowledge of things that are important that's why i'm here to mix it up let's mix a few worlds lisa bonet icon to everyone she was on the Cosby show she was an icon then she was kicked off the Cosby show ironically for getting pregnant out of wedlock and Bill Cosby said that that was a morality compromise there isn't that something (laughs) yeah um so she was also in a different world very very big shows in the black community really anyone's community because 90s sitcoms are just amazing and those fall into the top of the best of the 90s sitcoms. Um, she she was Denise Rit, um, Huxtable on both of those. Also, she's married to Jason Moma, who I'm sure most of you know from Game of Thrones. He's also a very attractive man. He is beautiful to look at and has beautiful eyes. And she is married to that man. So Zoe Kravis's stepdaddy is Aquaman slash um, Cal Drogo from Game of Thrones. And yeah, their daughter, Zoe got married and half of the cast, all of the cast of Big Little Lies, the show that she plays on, on HBO, that is amazing. Second season, could have done without it. Should have left it a limited series, but you people are relentless in getting what you want when you sign petitions and things. So they gave you another one and it's eh, okay. Could have done without it, but it's still good because Meryl Streep is amazing. And Meryl Streep is the only person from the cast who was not there. Otherwise, everyone else on the cast, including Shailene Woodley, from American Secret Life of the American Teenager and other things like Divergent was there and Reese Witherspoon forever fave from Legally Blonde and other things was also there um just Meryl Streep I believe was not there and I will find out if that's still true um but did not see her name anywhere so Zoe Kravitz got married Joe Jonas got married again to Sansa Stark from Game of Thrones so it's like a Game of Thrones wedding weekend not really because Jason Mom was already married but um, Sansa Stark got married. Maisie Williams, Sansa Stark got married. Sophie Turner is her real name. Got married. The hashtag was Turner into a Jonas, which I love Instagram wedding hashtags. I can't wait to have one of my own one day. Um, and she got married again. They got uh, to Joe Jonas. 
Maisie Williams, who plays um, Arya Stark, the little sister, was there. I believe she was the maid of honor. And she gave a fantastically amazing speech. Made us all boohoo. We love her so much. She is a warrior. They were in Paris uh, for this wedding. And yes, that was a wedding weekend to remember. And then a royal wedding for anyone who loves reality TV and Bravo that I will be covering right after this break is Jax and Brittany. They walked down the aisle and because we didn't get a lot of Bravo TV this week or we aren't going to get some this week, I have thoughts. So stay tuned for that. And then finally, shout out to the first black Miss Tennessee, Brianna Mason. You go, girl. This is also the year that it was like the first black teen USA and first black three black crowns. And this is the fourth of like of syndicated big, big, big deal pageants, even though this is not a national one. The other three, I believe, either were national or have something to do with the national enterprise. But so does this one, because Tennessee will go on to um, like Miss America, I'm assuming that this what this one is associated with. And black Miss Tennessee, first one ever in 2019, do better. So um, hopefully you'll see a lot more, you know, POC for first should not be first but poc women all women are beautiful so it makes zero sense that if a lot of different types of women in live in tennessee that she would be the first poc one or first black one that makes no sense to me but hopefully we'll do better on the right track all right so i will take a break and then we will go into dipping into my dr and so yeah that's currently where our world is at probably a lot worse but I like to keep it positive as best I can um yeah so be right back for dip into my DR DVR <laughs> all right so we're back we me I'm back with dip into my DVR and let's talk about what I'm watching and tell more of you, tell me what you're watching. So yes, give me suggestions. I give everything a try. Um, I would love to cover more things. I pretty much will watch almost anything, especially if it's reality television. But I am into some really cool dramas and stuff right now as well. Like Euphoria, shout out, but trigger warning. If you get triggers easily from anything that has to do with addiction, anxiety, um, super bad depression, um, you know, rehab, suicide, any of that, basically just like really, really intense struggles that you're working through. I definitely encourage getting help. Um, Euphoria by uh, Zendaya with Drake as a uh, executive producer is amazing. It's a really great show, but it is insanely hard for a lot of people to watch myself included. A lot of people love it and it is great. It's fantastic. But even Zendaya put out a warning that if you want to support her, don't feel like you have to watch this show in order to do that. There are plenty of ways to support her. And if you're going to jeopardize your current mental health and your mental stability while watching it because of anything you struggled with or are struggling with, don't do it. Um, myself is included in that category, not to get too deep into that, but it is it was insanely hard for me to watch the first episode and a half um, just because of personal anxieties and that feeling and need 
to want to numb the thinking process sometimes and turning off your brain. So I really related to that that she described in the show, but in a very different way because she's using it as her reasoning for drugs and things and what she uses to numb the thought process and the pain. And I can understand why for a lot of people it'd be like, wow, that sucks. That's awful that she does that. And I appreciate them trying to change the narrative of what drug addicts look like. And I appreciate them bringing light to the fact that kids post 9-11 grew up in a very different world than a lot of us did, myself included. I am not a stranger to lockdown drills, drills of like, you know, where guns could be present. And it was still mainly a drill for us, but no one ever checked on the kids post 9-11. And that's kind of like the premise, the beginning premise of the show is these kids that were born into a world of lockdown drills and who were born after a lot of doctors and stuff and science agreed that ADHD and ADD totally is real, found some helpful things like the drugs, you know, all the crowd favorites. I don't want to mention them just in case they are triggering, but um, all the crowd favorite opioids. And then they gave them to kids as like, like candy pretty much just to help them get through OCD tendencies, anxiety tendencies, ADHD tendencies, ADD tendencies as they were children, but didn't really expect or project or foresee what would happen later on in life, (laughs) which, you know, going from taking opioids pretty much during most of your childhood, like they do on the show on the show to progressing through other drugs and craving that high and that numbness and that sense of focus and security and all the different things that drugs can do to the brain that create a euphoric sensation and what that means to have been on drugs so long under a doctor's supervision, but not exactly taking into account how that can transcend and transition into other types of drugs for, um, you know, just simple like maintenance of the brain. And then of course addiction. So, It's a really interesting show and a great show. I definitely, definitely, definitely encourage those of you to watch it. If you do not find anything that I just said or anything that has to do with like suffering, like mental suffering um, and trying to find coping um, triggering, I highly encourage anyone who is though to go and talk to someone. Therapy is so much fun. I will probably talk about it. Not like fun, fun, but like it's fun in the sense that it is, there's always a good time to get yourself on the right track. And there's always a good time. It's always fun to be the best version of yourself. So talk to someone because the journey of being the best you is fun. Do that. And finding healthy ways to cope with stress, anxiety, and lots of other things is beneficial to everyone involved. Everyone that comes encounter with you, everyone that loves you, and you, of course. So if you need that, do that. That's my little tidbit, you know, just because I think mental health It's very important and it is important that we're seeing it in a black family because mental health within black community is always something that needs more advocacy for. So there is Euphoria. It's on HBO. Thank you, Drake and Zendaya, for fantastic cinematography and um, acting, even though Drake's not in it. But it's really, really great. I suggest you watch it if you can handle that. Um, otherwise support her in other ways, young black talent. 
And so that's a drama that I'm really interested in right now. Reality TV that I'm interested in. The TV, the TV, the DVR stopped, you know. Love Island UK edition on Hulu. My God. Thank you, Emily. She's a friend of mine. For putting me on. It's fantastic. Fantastic. It is such good television. It is so much of the ratchet that we love in American television. But better because the UK has very little limits. Wow. I'm on season three. I worked backwards. A lot of people are already tell me that that's the best one to watch. Um, I would agree. It's really great. Season five is currently on Hulu. Um, they are doing it from from the UK. It's live in the UK five nights a week, kind of similar to like our Big Brother schedule or something. And they are um, showing them or uploading them to Hulu in America every two weeks. Um, or after two weeks, they, so we're two weeks behind the UK schedule. So then we'll get them on like a Saturday, I believe. And they'll be uploaded from the, the two weeks ago's episodes. And that is how they'll be getting them. Cause there's a lot, it's a lot of fun things to watch pretty much a bunch of sexy singles who are, you know, <laughs> really fun to watch. And they're all young, like 20. 23 some random ones like 31 and they all suck at love kind of like are you the one if you ever watched that and they're thrown into a house and the beds are all lined up and they're expected to couple up with each other upon first glances they have to stay coupled up at all times in own in order to stay on the love island which is i believe is like on a beautiful um big like house mansion thing in Ibiza, Spain. Most of them are from the UK and surrounding areas and they all are beautiful and they stay in bikinis pretty much all the time and the men stay shirtless all the time and they have to stay coupled up from the moment they set eyes on each other until like the end in order for them to like stay on the island. They have to be in a couple and they all sleep in the same room. So anything that goes down and things go down is all next to each other. And they call each other out on it. And they ask like on the first episode, a man walks in and all the women get the first pick and they're like, Hey, so Lily, do you fancy this man? I love that word fancy. And she's like, no. And then it's like, Oh, why not? And they ask her to his face. Like, why don't you fancy him? I find it fascinating. Really great show. Also, um, instant hotel on Netflix. I love it so much. It is literally like best room wins, like, or trading spaces or like, uh, I think like interior design, um, re- uh, competition show for Airbnbs in the Australian area or what is it? A continent? Ooh, I need to go back to school. In Australia, it is like a thing. So they're, they call them instant hotels and they take their homes and they take out like second mortgages. Like it's not just an investment property and sometimes they'll rent it out. They redecorate their whole home to fit themes, to be in ideal places, to be like underground. One of them is like underground in an actual mine, an opal mine. And then like last season, one was like a retro a uh, 50s American diner, whole house top to bottom. Looked like a drive through, like old school drive through soda pop shop. And they'd never been to America. And the prize for them was coming to America and staying at an Airbnb in California. I was like, that is 
not a prize. It is always so baffling to me that so many people love America to the point where it's a prize on reality television. This season, though, they're $100,000. They're getting $100,000, I think. Um, and so, like, they spend a lot of money in going to, putting in these hotel, uh, their instant hotels, like, transforming them into amazing places. And all these couples who also own other instant hotels are competing against each other, but they travel from, to each person's hotel within the same group and rate the hotels based on like night sleep, how good the beds are, how clean things are. I am a germaphobe and I, I'm not ashamed of that. So I always take special attention to that and they go into some things. What the um, activities are around the area, um, lots of things. I mean, they, they really do a good job. They're bringing in an expert for like a resort, resort expert um, who does high-end five-star hotels and stuff in Australia. And she also like rates it herself and then um, they compete and then they go into the finals and they take money. They give the money to upgrade the houses again. And then like everyone comes back again and stays like eight people to a home or something like that. And rates all the accommodations and all the new changes and stuff again. And then that person wins. That couple wins. It's a really great show. I highly suggest it. It's bingeable on Netflix. Nailed It is also bingeable on Netflix. Watch it. Do yourself a favor. Nicole Byer is iconic in the making she is literally an icon in the making we need to give her more credit I love her so much watching people who are bad at baking and it's like best worst bakers or whatever and bake such extravagant things but get close but then you see the comparison and you're just like oh that was not close at all hilarious great television highly suggest Yummy Mummies is coming back to Netflix season two. I'm excited about it. I will not talk about it right now. I will be having some guests on um, in the near future to talk about Yummy Mummies, um, some mummies. So I really just want to, I don't like judging moms. So I don't want to watch with like a judgy eye on moms, but they're like rich, opulent moms. So I thought I would ask some cool moms what they think of the whole like show because it is extravagant and over the top mom things that I don't see as realistic um at least not in the first season we'll see what the second season has to hold it's coming up and we'll be talking about that soon um I will also get into so we'll do Bravo news because Bravo TV didn't have a lot going on this week and then end with The Bachelorette and any other shows you guys are watching or want me to cover, send to me and maybe come on. Like, let's talk together about the shows you're watching. Why should I be into it? Why should I watch it? Let's do that. Um, Bravo news. One thing I will say is that Bravo um, did have Real Housewives of Potomac. I've made it no secret that it's my favorite franchise. It is so good do yourself a favor and watch this season and then watch season three the one before this one if you couldn't get past season one no one can season ones of every show is terrible that's how they all get canceled but bravo bravo to bravo on Real Housewives of Potomac a all-black cast a really opulent community that is largely at least the city the titular city there's that word again of Potomac which a few of them live, a few of them don't, but like really it just means money. Potomac just means money. It's like all the other shows where they all don't live in Beverly Hills. Some live in Malibu and it just means money. 
And Potomac is not largely black. So to have an all black cast be shown in such a positive light of money before the show and have such great personalities. Oh my God, these women are amazing. Whew. I will probably do a RHOP recap um, soon as a bonus. I will likely do that um, if it received well. Someone, you know, let me know if you think that's a good idea. But it is a great and it's gaining a lot of traction. It is really, really good. And this past episode, just to like narrow it down, keep the summary short so people don't skip around too much because I want you guys to hear me. Um, Basically, one of the women on the cast, a 26-ish year old girl, woman who went to the same school as I did, apparently, or that I am at, um, is married to a 55, 56-year-old man from Australia. He is white and she is black identifying. Um, saying that cause there's some discrepancies on this season about like race and who's mixed and what's mixed. And I don't know, but she proclaims to be black. So we'll just call it black. Um, and they are married. And so pretty much here's the skinny and you decide if you want to watch or not. She, he is undercover gay. Not that there's anything wrong with being gay. He just apparently is not satisfied with that being enough for his life. Um, or at least not gay, interested in men. And to the point where in season one, he grabbed one of the other cast members, boyfriends behinds without his prescription, um, permission. Um, and then last summerish or this earlier this year, a long time ago, he was indicted for touching one of the camera members, a man's body and saying things to him. And no longer was allowed to film after the charges were dropped. So the charges were dropped, but he was indicted and no longer was able to film on the show. But we watch in the first few episodes leading up to that, this girl, Ashley, his wife, consistently try to get pregnant with this man. It is her biggest journey in life. Last season, we watched him tell her, I do not want you to get pregnant. I don't want a baby with you at all. Be my trophy wife. That is all I asked you to do and de- demand basically that she be reduced to size borderline divorce asked her for an extension of a prenup last season but this season he's heartbroken and overwhelmed because she did miscarry like one baby and now they really want to try for another she is currently pregnant so that is why she's not responding to a lot of the drama and stuff going on right now because the girls are still going after her on twitter um and she is pregnant. She got pregnant. He keeps assaulting men. He had um, picked well, assault in this form of touching people without permission. We'll go with that. And he had pictures on Grinder, but it was like my passport shows that I wasn't even there. But it, it's hard to follow. But basically, this man wants to touch a lot of other men's penises. But his wife wants to get pregnant by him with his penis. And it will beg for it. And now he really wants that. And so the girls are now approaching her and confronting her with this. Allegedly, he also said on Mike or um, for multi and within earshot of multiple cast members that he would suck one of the other cast members' husband's penis, which is interesting because he said it and the wife was apparently right next to him. And now she's like, no, he didn't. And then 
it is wild. The dynamics of the group is funny because the people who are fighting the most are like the most, the closest in age. And it's weird that they're against each other. And they were also on Watch What Happens Live, the after show of the show, the House of the Potomac together. And there was some tension you could see, but they just genuinely don't like each other now, which is interesting. And so the, that was great. Leah Chase, the iconic restaurateur and chef from Louisiana, New Orleans, um, was on Real House of the Potomac right before she passed. And the episode apparently premiered the day before her funeral, which is beautiful, but sad. Um, RIP Leah Chase. She's amazing. She changed the game for restaurants and for Cajun Creole food in general. So shout out to Potomac for putting her on TV and giving her her just due before she passed. Because we are giving accolades to people way too late these days. Southern Charm New Orleans, speaking of, really great show. The season is really riding on the fact that this one girl, Reagan, the only white girl of the group, um, divorced in the first episode. Dating in the second episode, in the third episode, announces her engagement and that she's pregnant to another man. It is wild. First season, again, hard to watch because first seasons. Second season, we're in there and we're coming in hot. So you should watch that as well. It is also a multicultural but primarily African-American cast of Southern Charm, which has the same title of Southern Charm, which is based in Charleston, its predecessor, which is an all-white cast. Even though Cameron Wimberly has one black doctor friend, I think he's a doctor, that is constantly hanging out with him and Patricia, and I want to know more. Put him on the show, shake things up. I don't think it could hurt to show that there is at least an ounce of diversity in Charleston, because we all have our suspicions that there isn't. So... Do that, Bravo, if you ever hear this. And now moving on to the Bravo news, um, Jackson Brittany from Vanderpump Rules got married. Now will be a good time to fast forward about six, seven minutes if you're interested in The Bachelor. And if not, 20-ish minutes to the complaints of a 23-year-old. But Jackson Brittany got married and that is, Amazing. We never saw it coming. This is poor timing, but I also recently read and heard the recording of Jax and Faith night of cheating and scandal when he cheated on his now wife, Brittany, when they were not even engaged yet. Um, They were just boyfriend and girlfriend and he cheated on her with the only black person on that cast. Dang it, Faith, why'd you ruin this for us? I like, well, she wasn't even really on the cast, but one of definitely the only few that work at the restaurants that are within the realm of the show. Um, and she ruined it for us, and now she's all over the place on reality TV. Lots of different places. I see her ex on the beach, random places. But she and Jax got married. Brittany, not Jax. It was sponsored the whole wedding coverage is done by none other than the best. I mentioned them last week, Real Moms of Bravo, but also Faces by Bravo, Reality, I forget. Um, lots of Bravo, Bravo knowledge, lots of Bravo accounts followed this wedding and have every single detail um, imaginable. I feel like I was there. I saw so much of it, which leads me to believe that that means that most of it will not be on the show. 
the drama leading up to the wedding will probably be on the show. But I remember Jack saying in the, um, the Daily Dish podcast on Bravo that he did not want the wedding on the show. Neither of them did. So even though I saw a camera there, it wasn't like the full crew. So I'm pretty sure they'll just like cover some things. Um, and then all the drama leading up to it, like what I covered on my Instagram at Mixing with Moni, how there was some follow drama where Ariana did not follow Jax, but followed Britney. Britney followed only Ariana, but not Sandoval or something. Jax followed neither Sandoval or Ariana. And I found all this to be interesting because Sandoval was Jax's best man. And at one point it was like not going to happen because of the reunion. That was intense. I had thoughts about that. I wish I had this podcast then so I won't go backwards, but... That was intense. So it changed the dynamics of all their friendships. And Ariana was a a bridesmaid in Britney's wedding. And she was still a bridesmaid. She was not on like one or two of the bridesmaids fun trips like Bachelorette style um, to Paris. I believe they went or definitely out of the country. And um, it was interesting to see. But they got married. Uh, He made it down the aisle. No one thought he would. His mom uh, apparently was not there. So he is still beefing with his mother over the death of his dad and the timing of his last communications with his father. Reasonable beef. I mean, squash it, it's your mother, but reasonable beef because his mom did not let him know when his dad was really, really, really ill. So Jax did not get a chance to say goodbye. And that is not fair. I have to admit um, but never signing for Jack with Jax for anything else. After his dad died, he proposed to Brittany. She changed his life. Then he has been on this whole like tangent about how it's 2019. Men should be equal. She should take care of me. But we all know you're not even taking care of her. So that's not equal. Um, and somehow she still married him, even though they, we saw them have a lot of trust issues in therapy and that's really awkward. So best of luck. I hope you make it past the two year mark. I highly doubt it. Um, the Real Minds of Bravo also did a list of all the um, sponsors that was in the wedding. And it's like up to seven or eight. Like it's it's up there. Pretty much whatever you have to do to get this wedding paid for, do it. I fully support that. Um, and also heard that Katie Maloney might be pregnant. Saw some pictures. Does look like she could be. But she also looked amazing. So I don't know what to believe. Like she looked really good and skinnier. Not that she needed to be, but like she looked great. So I have no idea what to believe. Maybe that also means that the belly is showing more. I don't know. But I did hear that Stassi is saying that she wants to get pregnant. She's going to start trying, even though she hasn't gotten engaged or anything yet. So I guess that pregnancy pact is real because we know Jackson Brittany did say they want to try for a baby immediately. So best of luck to them. Curious to see how this plays out on TV. Um, everyone was there in the Bravo world. It seems like Lance Bass officiated. They got rid of the homophobic priest. Lisa Vanderbilt was supposed to officiate and no longer is no longer did because her mom passed away. Um, and Shep from Southern charm decided to go on over and get cozy with Sheena. So that is interesting. I would talk about Southern charm Charleston, but it's frankly just not that interesting yet. So some things, shake it up, bring Ashley back since Thomas is gone and his rapey behind is gone. I do not like him. Do not like her either, but we need it. Give Madison a full-time spot and get rid of that other one, Eliza, Delilah, whatever her name is. Madison needs 
a rose, even though that's not the same show. But give that to them. Southern Charm. Hopefully it gets better right now. It's been eh at best. And Bravo News is pretty much wrapped. The wedding looked to be beautiful. Britney's dresses kind of concerned me a little because they don't really look like they make sense. But that's it for all the Bravo things. Um, And now... Oh, also, Gia from Housewives of New Jersey graduated and is going to Rutgers. She graduated... Um, high school. I don't know if her father was there this weekend at her graduation party that was a Rutgers themed, but congratulations to Gia Judice, Teresa Judice's daughter for graduating. And hate to follow it up with this R-O-H-O-N-J, so New Jersey news, but Jim Marchese and his wife are awful humans. If you do not know what's going on, I suggest you um, look into it. I will probably, I think I posted something already on um, stories. Um, I will post something again. Uh, their son, stepson, his son, her stepson from Housewives in New Jersey many seasons ago. They only lasted once because her husband was so insufferable that production didn't want to film with him anymore. His son came out as gay. They basically stopped paying his tuition. That is just disgusting. So they're awful people. I won't give them that much more airtime. And that is just about it for Bravo News. I'll cover more shows once the shows come back after 4th of July. Give me some suggestions for some new shows. Like I said, feel free to hit me up. See if you'd like to actually cover one of the shows on a segment on my podcast, um, which would be really, really fun since I'm just talking to myself. Um, give me some shows you would want to bring back, especially reality shows. What shows were you super into? What would you say to networks? Like if you could bring one show back or what would you do differently for the shows that you currently love? Let me know. And next I will be on to The Bachelor. All right. So I just watched The Bachelorette. I have concerns. Okay, Hannah. What are we really doing here? I just, I just want to talk to Hannah for a second. What are we doing here? I just, I just want to know. You're obviously not in this for love. I just don't believe you. I don't at this point because there's no way that you actually are finding something more with Luke P than even with Garrett, who it seems like at the end of this, a friend pointed out, it kind of became a game between Garrett and Luke P and he just wanted to beat Luke which I understand granted that's not the right way to do it but if Hannah can't even see Luke's intentions I doubt she could see it with Garrett and what he was trying to do so I have concerns let's back up we'll make this brief I have a lot of problems with this episode I'm just not pleased and I don't know how I feel about this season I don't know if my time is wasted or I like it because I'm entertained but annoyed Stressed, but hopeful, concerned, yet excited. A lot of things happening. Let's back it up. So, I start the episode off. Not going to do a full recap, but if you didn't watch, I'll give you the main points. This was the episode that decides who is going to hometowns. We have some really great contenders. We have Jed, Luke P, Peter Pilot, and Tyler C., That means we got rid of Mike and we got rid of Garrett, which means we got rid of one 
absolute great contender who I'm still rooting for is The Bachelor in Mike. And Garrett, who I don't know how I feel about him, but anyone would have been better than Luke P because anyone else would have had real feelings for her and would not have been manipulating her. And I truly feel like she only got rid of Garrett because she spends all her time talking to him and other people about Luke P, which he does on purpose. He is so manipulative, which is obvious. So it just really makes me wonder what it is that either the producers are feeding to her that they have my conspiracy theory from episode one of my podcast still stands. There were something was going on before them, before the show, because she is legitimately coaching him through the process. She has gotten mad at him so many times. She has gotten pissed off and had to pull him aside so many times. He has been at the root of drama with every single man of the house in one way or another or as a group every time and for two three weeks we did not even get a cocktail party because of Luke P so what are we doing here Hannah what is it that we're looking for what do you see in him because you tell him he's not opening up enough be his true self you want to get to the nitty-gritty of who he is so if you're not getting that from him And we see the bad sides of him. What is it that you are keeping him around for? That's a really big question. And to back it up a little bit more, on her one-on-one date with Jed, she tells Jed, if you hear dishes in the background, dishes are being put away because living at home. Um, But she tells Jed she is falling in love with him. And I just get red flags. Did we not learn anything from Ben Higgins' season with Lauren about telling two women that you love them at the same time. Multiple women, really. Don't do it. Granted, I really liked, um, oh gosh, what's her name? Jojo. I liked her. Didn't really watch her season that much because it was boring. And Hannah's is far from boring. She's a not boring bachelorette. It's just that she is not playing the game right but also not playing it wrong. She's giving me reminiscent of Juan Pablo. And I did mention in my first episode that I am binging his season just because I've heard so much about how it was awful and how they just could not recover it and make it look beautiful. And apparently like he, the villain goes way too far. And, but that seemed like way milder than today where the bachelorette is just way more intense and, way more nuanced and fame mongering. So what is this? We're making the villain go all the way to the end, it seems. And I posted a really funny meme about how like, I'm so pissed about what is happening that it doesn't even bother me or it doesn't even excite me that she sends him home so soon after because it just means that my time, her time, and someone else's time was wasted and cut. We could have just kept Mike. We could have met his family, seen if they would have really been a great contender for The Bachelor. Maybe they're keeping it for that possibility. But let's be real. If she doesn't pick Pete Pilate, they're they're going to give it to Pete. Simply because if we get into integration of TV for a second, Mike favors so well with all of, it's, it's, it appears, the nation. 
But Pete Pilot is what the nation will always side with and what they're looking for. Good old all-American boy, really sweet, obviously has a lot of chemistry. I wouldn't say he's that attractive compared to the rest of the cast, especially the remaining ones, even Luke P. But, you know, he's suitable and he has a real career, which apparently they fake a lot of the careers for the show. So he would be a great candidate. But also Mike would be a great candidate because it's just time. It's time for a Black Bachelor. The world is ready. We're ready. He favored so well with Hannah. And that is the last person I would have tested him with. And if he can test well with that market, he can test well in general. Mainly because she's just cold. She just doesn't seem like she is really open to the process that she fought so hard for. Um, So... I think we should give it to Mike. So granted, I don't want him to, I didn't want him to win, but I at least wanted him to progress further than Luke P because that just seems right. I'm concerned that she is constantly being raked over the coals emotionally and mentally by a man that appears to be controlling the way he talks about her, the way he, um, Luke P, the way he acts around her and acts towards her and about the other men she is dating red flags red flags all over the place literally waving in our faces I'm surprised the producers have not taken the opportunity to just put up like sirens while he speaks because honestly opportunity missed he is controlling in the sense of he acts like he's already her boyfriend so do we not know something Hannah this leads to my conspiracy Why is he so hard pressed that she doesn't kiss, hug, talk to, get too close or sleep with other guys? If you don't even know her, let's not be, you know, precocious in thinking that this show is filmed over nine weeks, max, 10 weeks. They know each other a very short amount of time. And are supposedly get engaged. And that's ridiculous in and of itself. But it's even more ridiculous to profess that you are in love with her on the very first date that you all had together amongst 10 plus, 15 plus other men. And then keep her from talking to other guys. Demand she talk to you in the middle of talking to someone else. And consistently push her away or try to like regulate her kissing other men, talking to other men. What is this? That's not qualities I would see in a husband. If I were Hannah, that's not qualities I would see in a partner in general. It's not good boyfriend material. Nothing about Luke P is good for this. So I'm just wondering why we're here, how we got here, what it is that she wants and why she's coaching This grown man, well, he's really not that grown. He's practically, they're about the same age, which I already see as a red flag because Hannah just seems a little bit more mature in thinking, but maybe not in practice considering she is going after Luke P. And nothing about him seems like a good candidate for any of this other than, you know, the stereotypical villain of the show that we are all going to watch for ratings. But now I'm just nervous. I, I know I see in the previews she she sends him home, but not after he slut shames her. And again, he didn't he already did it and she forgave him, although she was p- 
pissed about it. I don't understand why she's not going with her gut. Because she talks about going with her gut all the damn time. And she's not going with her gut. And I made a joke about this on my Instagram page. The amount of times she says she doesn't know what to do and that she's confused. I'm confused, Hannah. I don't know what to do. Do I keep watching you not know what to do? Because if you don't know what to do, what do we do with that? Why are you doing this? You go with your gut like you say you're going to, and you do not ignore 20 plus people telling you to your face to watch out for this one man. You do not ignore that. You don't ignore your own gut feelings about how you've had to pull him to the side, shake him, curse him out, get upset countless times. Why do you want to be with a man that makes you pissed every time you're around and makes you cry, even if it's a residual effect, every time you're in his presence. It just makes zero sense. I'm over it. I'm tired. I just want to. Now it doesn't even make sense since we saw in the previews of the next few episodes or next episode, we see her send him home and we see why. And I get producers, you did that for us so we could feel vindicated. But it, it backfires because we wasted our time. We have to sit through 20 plus minutes of hometown with his family just to know that she sends him home and to know why and to put it under the whole Christian thing. I don't like that either. I don't like the propaganda of making it seem like all of his beliefs is based in faith when all we've done is watch him be manipulative and controlling. That is not most Christians I know associate with would not be too excited about seeing that kind of representation on TV and I get it because there is a large Christian base that follows this show that is a conversation in and of itself for another time but so many Christians watch this show a lot of like you know religious people it is very very popular amongst a certain demographic of people none of which that I would see enjoying Luke P beyond just ratings of him being a bad guy but not to get this far and to perpetuate his beliefs through a tunnel of anger and control and manipulation that doesn't match up and it's sad because she's going to watch this and she's going to have to answer for it and I'm just really curious to see how well she's received and how people treat her on the internet like they treat well they treat her the same way they treated Caitlin Bristow when she slept with what two men three men uh, multiple men before or a couple men before fantasy suites Hannah has really been getting it on with a lot of men, not getting it on in the presumptuous sex way, even though I believe that that's what she alludes to. But a lot of her scenes have been hot and heavy, and she just seems that she just likes to be on top of a shirtless man kissing. Her smile is so strange because she holds her teeth back until she's kissing you. And it's just like face teeth on teeth and then making out and then tongue And then it's just hard to watch. And then we get the understanding that she has had sex. I don't do you, Hannah. This is your journey. This is also why Tyler C needs to be the winner. He is my pick. Because he straight up tells her, you are able to do whatever you want. You are the woman. You are the driver of this boat. You are the showrunner. So whatever you want to do, he's secure in her decisions. And I like that about him. Between him and Jed, those are the ones that were my pick. I think it's going to backfire that she told Jed 
so early that she is in love with him or falling in love with him, I think that is a little too premature. And then Pete, she just clearly likes getting in hot tubs and making out with him. But he has feelings for her. So my vote is Tyler C. Producers can honestly kiss my black ass over Luke P. I am beside myself with anger that you wasted my time. I spent the entire night hoping he went home for two hours, knowing at the end that he wasn't going to. And then 30 seconds into the previews, I go from anger to rage because I'm confused. I almost wanted to be excited because I see he goes home. And then I'm like, then why did I just have to sit through this? Why did you give me all of this information up front? Just let me see that he makes a big mistake, slut shaming her again to her face and blatantly. And let's just see her get angry and then presume, oh, finally he'll go home. So at least we're a little less mad because now I just feel like my time was wasted, but I'm still going to watch. Maybe. I don't know. I will probably put it on like the DVR and put it on in the back. So that's also why this is a part of dipping into my DVR because I could not watch this live. I would lose my mind. So my vote is for Tyler C to win. Jed to be the second runner up, which I'm pretty sure that's what we're going to get anyway. Send Luke packing, obviously. Mike for Bachelor. That is my pick. Do it. Do us a favor because we are owed it at this point. And then just send Luke Peter to Bachelor in Paradise like we know you're going to. And let's just call it a day. He and what is her name? Demi from last season's uh, Colton season with the mom who's imprisoned or something. He and Demi would have a grand old time. Like he could be our new Chad. He he would be great as that. So just send him over to Bachelor in Paradise because I'm tired and I'm done. And that would be it. If you want to see the memes that I was talking about, about The Bachelorette, they're pretty funny, if I will say so myself. And I think super relatable because we're all exhausted by Hannah and her confusion and her lack of knowing what to do. It will be at my Instagram page, at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. All right. That is all. Let me take a break and get into complaints of a 23-year-old. All right. And it is now time for complaints of a 23-year-old. So the adulthood annoyances that are plaguing my life right now. And since this is coming out around the first of the month of July, happy July 4th, everyone. Adulthood annoyance of this week subscriptions and having to cancel everything on the first literally this is plaguing young people everywhere especially the fresh out of colleges we consistently are in an effort to save money and reduce cost and spending so we subscribe to boxes and services and things for the low that give us things we've probably don't need and if we didn't buy at all we'd save even more money but then on the first of every month we ended up skip we end up skipping like just fab fabletics socks shoes underwear uh fab fit fun um oh god who else adore me third love all the girls that all the other brands like 
push on us are amazing for when we need them, but then we never need them every month. Sorry, Rihanna, Ethan Fenty, Savage by Rihanna Fenty. Lovely, but I don't need it every month. So I spend a lot of my hours and days frantically obsessing over like, did I cancel everyone? Did I go to that third page that asked, am I sure? And then said, success, you have skipped. Did I get my confirmation email that I've skipped? Oh no, they're going to charge my card, but I really don't want to order shoes. But ooh, polka dots. Like that's pretty much what happens. Like I need to cancel so many. I think I have six that I have to cancel by the 5th of this week or this month. But so by the end of the week and let's hope I get to all of them because I try everything. I sometimes like it. I sometimes don't. I'm even in a tea subscription and I did rant a little bit about my last subscription experience with Fabletics on my um Bravo like bonus episode of Houses of Beverly Hills. Let me just say Kate Kate Hudson, we need to talk because you I really I was attracted to your company and the subscription, got my thing mainly because you go up in size for bigger, larger, thicker girls like me in workout clothes. When who needs workout clothes? The bigger girls who want to work out society you're welcome in order for you to love us more we're gonna work out just for you not for our health or anything but for you and I'm like one you look cute don't always want to wear raggedy clothes to the gym or a big t-shirt and you know shorts and stuff I want to look cute so I was like yes love this up to three four whatever x I'm into it I get my order it comes originally I am putting those leggings on like cellophane wrap plastic wrap on my body I am stuffing a sausage into its skin and it they are my size they fit I've actually lost weight and they still I got the size that I used to be 12 pounds ago and still am stuffing so seams and cut not working out Kate and then all of a sudden I'm in there and I look good. I'm feeling cute. It's holding everything in. It's just keeping it all in line. Like, thank you very much. I now feel like a stuffed sausage, but I look good. Like a skinny sausage. I go to the gym. We do the circuit courses and circuit class. And there's like a bunch of different circuits. And he's explaining all the circuits. I'm doing my thing. I'm excited, up, down, up, down, squat here, crunch there, pull up on the rope, Mm. all things I don't need with modification, but I'm in there and I'm working out, right? I get through station, circuit station 1.5 pretty much, and the thing is just rolling down. I mean, rolling, and I'm like, I literally looked so cute. And so stuffed when I came in that I didn't wear a big, huge shirt to cover anything because I was feeling good about myself. Bra pads all shifting from her company. I'm running around and jumping during the warm up and it's just shifted. Bra pad end up pretty much by my back, by my shoulder blade in a sports bra. You know how hard it is for me to find a sports bra for my, for this chest, for this size? It is large. It's a large size chest. One that even if I lose weight, it is probably still going to be a large size chest. So it is very difficult to find cute sports bras, any sports bras that aren't just a size smaller or two sizes smaller that hold it all in. And I found one and a dang thing just scoots around all over 
The pads just moving around. And I'm like, okay, not working. Pants sliding down, rolling down. I'm in the middle of the squats and the kettlebell. Put down the kettlebell. It come down on the right side. I got to pull it up, pull it all the way up, stuff it back in on the right side. Then stuff it back in on the left side so it stays up. Halfway through, I'm damn near on the little like medicine ball holding my legs with one, holding my legs on the medicine ball with my left hand, holding the waistband with my right hand and just trying to hold it up. Just trying to keep it all together and just not show the world all the things I'm trying to lose. Not that I don't love my body. I just don't need everyone to find out how much they're going to love it so soon and all together. I know they'd love it if they saw it, but I don't need everybody to see it. But Kate Hudson, everyone's seeing it because of you and your leggings. They were my size. I just want to know what happened. How do we go from things being my size and me ordering them and me fitting in them to them no longer fitting while wearing them. When, if anything, I'm in the process of losing the weight, why it's there. It should fit better, but it doesn't. So consider her subscription the first that I cancel today. All the other girls, I'll just go one after the other. Because once Netflix takes, yes, I'm the Netflix holder for the 19,000 people that use my account. Once Netflix takes its $15.99 out for me. Because I have the like UHD, 4K, Ultra, something. Um, once that goes out, nobody else gets money. Because $15, that's a meal. So you already got me confused on that one. So we'll not be wasting any more time canceling all the other girls. But Kate and Fabletics, you go first. And so you can make some leggings that I don't have to roll myself into every single time I move. And that is all for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts, write a review. Please, please, please give me five stars after you've already heard 20 other podcasters ask you to do the same thing. If you're a podcast listener, please keep me in there. And I really love this and I love talking to myself, but you guys listening and it has gotten a lot more reception than I thought it would so early and could not warm my heart even more. If this goes nowhere, I just love talking to and about things that I love with other people that apparently love the same things with me. So please write a review and rate me five stars at the very least. If you have any suggestions, questions, concerns, complaints, DM me. You don't need to go to Apple to do it. Just let me know because I don't get them on Apple right away. So if you have a concern, let me know. My messages and my DMs on Instagram are open at Mixing with Monty on Instagram and Twitter. I am more so on Instagram than Twitter. But follow me at Mixing with Monty, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. And let me know whatever it is that you have to say. Good, bad, indifferent. Let me know if you want to come on. You want to talk. Let's do it. Let's talk about whatever it is that you're watching right now. Let's do that. Bring your complaints. Bring your one stars. Or just follow for occasional shady memes and fun things. Have a great week. Live your life. Don't forget to mix it up. Bye. Yay!